All right, welcome everybody. Good to see you today. Thank you for being with us. And we are talking about the comeback. You know, I was thinking this week about just the home that I was raised in. I don't know what you imagine when you think of your childhood home, but I primarily lived in one house as a kid growing up, and uh, I went and pulled it up on a random real estate website because it's been through, it's been sold a few times since I lived there, but this is a more modern picture of the house that I grew up in, in this mid-sized sort of Texas town. This was the yard that I had to mow on the weekends. Thanks, Dad. This was uh, the driveway where I learned how to roller skate. I learned how to ride a bike. I learned how to work on my very first car, a old Buick Skylark. Come on for the Buicks. This was the window that, uh, to my bedroom, and um, so, which wasn't very wise from my parents' standpoint, but I snuck out of this window so many times I couldn't even count in the middle of the night. Went roaming, exploring, jumped in cars, did the whole thing. Um, but I was thinking about my home because my dad had built in the back of the house uh, something that was very typical for these kinds of homes in Texas because we were in an area called Tornado Alley. And so the tornadoes would come through. And when the tornadoes come, you need to have a place to go. So he had a cellar built, almost like an underground bunker. And I actually found it on this real estate site. Like, like this is where we would go if there was a tornado. Now, this is a really clean picture from, a, you know, years later when they were trying to sell the house. <laughs> what I remember is spider webs, dirt, lots of stuff, canned goods. You know, my, my parents were great depression uh, kids, and so uh, we always had canned goods like, you know, we could all starve at any given moment, even though you'd want to before you'd eat some of those canned goods. They were so old. When the tornadoes would come, we would all go down into the, the bunker, into the, into the cellar, and we'd have a little transistor radio, and we'd listen to the weather report, you know, like where the tornadoes were touching down, how close they were. You'd, you'd hear the, the rain or the hail hitting that metal roof of the little underground cellar, you know, and I, I remember there were times where we'd have to be down there for hours and hours. Sometimes I would fall asleep, and when the tornadoes had finally passed, my parents would wake me up, and they'd be like, all right, we can go up now. The storm is over, and so we go up. My dad would open that cellar door, and I'd go up those steps, and, and I'd be a little hesitant, right? I was just waking up, and if the sun was still out, my eyes would be adjusting, and I'd sort of step out like, is everything okay? You know, is the house still standing? How, how many branches are in the yard? Am I going to have to clean those up? Right, I'm just sort of assessing things because we'd been in survival mode and now we were coming back to the surface. And the reason I tell you that story, I was thinking about that bunker today because this last year, we've spent some time in the bunker, right? We spent some time in our own bunkers. <laughs> in our own. Some of us have been in survival mode with unemployment, with financial challenges, with issues going on in our family, certainly with COVID and restrictions. Most of us have at least spent some time sort of in the bunker. Now, some people didn't go in the bunker at all. But most of us have been impacted at some level. And while I don't want to suggest the storm is over, I want to suggest to you today that it is time to start climbing the stairs and coming out of survival mode and moving into comeback mode. It's time to start dreaming again, if you're not. 
It's time to start thinking about the future again, if you're not. It's time to move past just getting through the days without anything happening to dreaming about tomorrow and what God has for us. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, the, the verse that God has laid on my heart over the last year that I've come back to again and again and again, it's my, my kind of verse of the year, is Isaiah 43. In verse 18 and 19, God um, speaks to the Israelite people through the prophet Isaiah. And uh, he says something really powerful. When we get to the red word, I'll just ask you to say this out loud here with me. But, but this is the verse. He says, but forget all that. They had been through some traumatic stuff. They had been in survival mode. God, he says, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I am going to do. And then he says, for I am about to do something what? New. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's gonna do something new. God is always moving. He's always working. And here he says to the Israelite people, I'm going to do something new. He says, see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? All this year I've been praying, God, give me the eyes to see it. God, give me the, the heart to see it. Let me see where you're working. Let me see what you're doing. He says, I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. God is moving and he's working. If we'll only have the eyes to see you know, when my kids were little, we would play something called slug bug. Anybody play slug bug, you know, with your family? Like, like here's, a, here's what slug bug's all about. You, you look for the Volkswagen Beetle or the bug, and whoever sees the first Volkswagen Beetle, they call it out, you know, red slug bug. And then whoever calls it out, they get to slug somebody. Except, you know, in our car, it was always gently and with no hitbacks. Here's what I noticed playing slug bug. If you would have asked me before we started playing, I would have said, like, there, there, there's not enough beetles on the road to play slug bug, y'all. There's, they're not, they're, you know, I haven't seen a beetle in years. But then when you start playing the game, you realize they're everywhere. It, isn't it true? Like, around every corner, there's a slug bug. Who knew there were this many bugs on the road? I don't know. But the dynamic is true. What you look for is what you tend to find. And spiritually in your life, if you will start to pray this prayer, just join me in praying this prayer. God, just help me see the new things you're doing. Help me see what I need to learn. Help me see opportunities that you have for me. If you'll pray that every day, here's what will happen. You'll start looking for it, just like when you were looking for a beetle playing slug bug. And all of a sudden, you'll start seeing God opening up opportunities all around you because he's moving and he's working. Psalm chapter 90, beginning in verse 12, is a really powerful verse, and the psalmist breaks it down, and, and he says this. He says, teach us to what? Number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, you, we can't literally number our days, because none of us knows how many days we have. Only God knows that. But the principle here is this. Realize that life on earth is a limited, short supply thing. It doesn't go forever. We, we only have a season that we're here. And he's saying, God, give us the wisdom to recognize that and then to live in light of that. Number your days so that you make the most of your days. So I wanna talk to you today, a couple simple thoughts about how we can dream again, come out of the survival bunker in our lives, number our days so that we make the most of our days. First thought is this, to make the most of your current season. 
Some of us don't think about it, but, but we are all in a season in our lives, certain seasons. Uh, this year, my daughter was home from college with all the things going on and homeschool, uh, uh, online school, uh, all the way through February of this last year. And then her college in California opened up. We were able to take her back to school and... Um, you know, she jumped in. It was a late start to the semester, but, but we were thrilled for her with that. But when I got back home, I walked back into her bedroom, and I just completely lost it again. I already did this once, y'all, when we first took her to college, right? And now I'm back in her bedroom again. I'm like, man, I'm doing this twice. What's wrong with me? And I just had this sense that, wow, I just felt like, what if... This was the last time that I'm gonna have both my kids under our roof for an entire year. And I feel like I kind of missed it with all the things going on. And my wife, you know, in the, only, the way that only she can, she came up to me and she goes, you know, you can't be too hard on yourself because we were in a season last year and it was a season of crisis. And if you've ever led anything in a season of crisis, it's all consuming. All you, got, all you can do in a season of crisis is get through the crisis, right? It takes everything that you have to get through the crisis. We'll have other seasons, God willing, where we'll have more family time, but that was a season. It's powerful to think of your life in seasons. You know, a lot of people say we should just be balanced. Everything needs to be balanced in your life, you know. You should just be physically balanced and spiritually balanced and family balanced and time balanced, career balanced, growth balanced. I don't know how, I don't know how people have all this time to be balanced. But I think it's way more healthy to think about life in seasons because seasons aren't necessarily perfectly balanced but you can follow certain seasons with other seasons. For instance, some of you are in a season of, of, of building and launching. You're launching a company. You're, you, you have an entrepreneurial idea, and now you're kind of going down that road. Uh, you're turning your, the, the challenge of unemployment into a blessing as you launch a new company and do a new thing. When you're launching something new, when you're starting something, it's all consuming. It's hard to run a startup and be balanced, Right? But it's a season. You just have to make sure that that season eventually shifts and changes or eventually you'll burn out. Um, some of you are in a season of preparing. You're going to school. You're trying to learn a new trade. Uh, you know, you're, you're pouring yourself into different materials. It's a season. I remember when I was in school, I just, I wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to serve in ministry, and I just wanted to get to the work. I was so frustrated. I wanted to get out of school and get to the work, but I had all this work, and then I had a job, and I had all these things, and there was no time. I tried to volunteer in a church. I couldn't do all the things that I wanted to do, and I just felt like I was kind of failing all the time because I couldn't get to the work, and I had a professor come along one day and goes, Judd, you're just, you're in a season. Right now, your role is to study. Your role is to prepare. There'll be plenty of work the rest of your life. Boy, was he right. <laughs> right? But at the time, I was just so ready to go. Some of you, you're just, you're in a season of preparing, but you're so ready to go. Just take a breath. Now's the time for you to pour in and learn and develop tools that you'll have for the rest of your life. Some of you are in a season of growing. You're growing your family. You're growing your marriage. You're growing your home. It's busy. It's crazy. Just acknowledge the season that you're in. Some of you are in a season of giving where now you're at a place where maybe things aren't so stressful and you've accomplished a lot of your earlier goals in life and now you're, you're giving back to others. You're giving back to your kids. You're giving back to your grandkids. You're, you're pouring in to others. I don't know what season you're in, but it's powerful, I think, to think about life 
from the framework of seasons. And just ask yourself, not only what time is it, we always ask like, hey man, what time is it? What time you got? But ask, what is the purpose of this time? What is the purpose of this season? Um, and then when you think about your purpose or your season, then you can start thinking about some things that you want to accomplish in this season of your life. Because you're gonna to wanna to accomplish some different things in your 70s than you are in your 20s. You're in a different season, right? You're gonna to wanna to accomplish different things in your, in your 30s than you are in your 60s. You're in a different season. What season are you in? And then I think it's helpful to write down your dreams. And this is what I wanna encourage you to think about. Uh, they say that you're 42% more likely to actually do your dreams if you write them down, just by writing them down. 42%, that's, not, that's almost half, just by writing it down. First thing you might think about is this, th things I want to accomplish. You know, what, what, what do you wanna accomplish uh, going forward? What are some goals you have? Maybe career goals, maybe financial goals, entrepreneurial kind of goals. What do you wanna accomplish? Here's another category, and that would be way, ways I want to grow. Maybe you wanna read the Bible in a year. Maybe you wanna jump into Central Academy, our, our training ground where you can learn and grow spiritually. That starts this coming August, um, August 20th, uh, I think around August 23rd, but, but the way that you could jump in and grow and allow God to move in your life. Maybe there's some books you wanna read. Maybe you wanna learn a new trade. Maybe, yeah, I don't know what it is, but how, how do you wanna grow? Maybe it's, it's um, uh, health-related kinds of things. How do you wanna grow? Uh, here's, here's another category, people I want to know. You know who do you wanna meet? Uh, maybe it's family members, maybe it's kind of distant family or people you'd like to get to know better. Maybe it's famous people, maybe it's people in your career path that are amazing and talented. Um, it's okay to brainstorm and say, hey, these are some people I would love to know. Uh, I just, if you don't plan it and you don't write it down, it's gonna be even less likely that, you're, that that's ever actually gonna happen. So here's some people you wanna know. And here's another thought, a lot of people have got this one right now, places I want to go. People are like, oh, I'm out of the bunker, baby. I'm traveling. When are they opening up all those international borders? I'm out. I saw a whole article called Revenge Travel. People are like, take this, COVID. I'm going all over the world. But you know, it's okay to write down places you wanna go and then lay that before God. Here's what I believe. If you will look forward, that will keep you moving forward. A lot of us haven't been looking forward enough this last year. It's time to look forward so that we move forward. What are you dreaming about? I talked to my brother on Friday. My oldest brother is 17 years older than me. Amazing human being, but he has been through some incredible health challenges the last several years in his life. Um, he has, he's had diabetes for a long time and then that created uh, complexities with his liver and his liver began to fail and eventually um, it would, his liver wouldn't function right so certain toxins would, would remain in his blood that would get elevated and he couldn't think clearly, he couldn't really focus very well, he wasn't able to work anymore, he's pretty much um, homebound. I mean if you, literally he was falling asleep all the time, he was always exhausted and eventually it got so bad that he was put on the liver transplant list. And we knew if he didn't get a liver, you know, he wasn't gonna last very long. Then on top of all that, he slipped and fell on the ice and he cracked his knee. So he couldn't really walk and um, he went to the knee doctor and the knee doctor said, well, we'd love to operate on your knee and fix it, except we don't think you'd live through the operation. 
you got to get the liver fixed. And then after the liver gets fixed and all that's squared away, if your heart's strong enough, then we'll operate on your knees. So here's my brother. He can't really function. He can't work. He can't drive. He can't walk except for hobbling along with a walker. Um, and he's on the transplant list and literally he's in potentially the last season of his life. So I call my family and I check on him and this is the story they would tell me. They would give me the facts, right? But when I call my brother Jim and check on him, I say, Jim, how are you? He'd say, I'm good. <laughs> Always the same, I'm good. He'd say, I can't complain. God's been faithful to me. I remember, and I remember I'd be like, oh my gosh, I love that. But bro, you can't walk, can't drive, can't function in and out of the hospitals all the time and you're gonna die. Wow. And then he'd start telling me about his dream. He'd say, uh, three years ago, I remember he told me, he goes, hey, eventually when I get this transplant done um, and then I rehab that and I get through that, then I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna get my knee operated on. Once I get my knee operated on and I rehab that, then I'll be able to walk, get around. And uh, his son, my nephew, has, lives in Wyoming and they've got several kids, little kids, and he's like, so when all that gets squared away, because I can't work anymore, so we're gonna buy an old camper and we're gonna go to Wyoming in the summer and we're gonna spend our summers in Wyoming driving around and we'll stay with my son a little bit, but we'll stay in the camper to stay out of his hair and I'll get to see those grandkids. That was his dream. And I remember just hanging up the phone three years ago and thinking, that's just crazy talk. You know, like the likelihood that you're gonna get a transplant is very slim and that everything's gonna go right, very slim. And then you're gonna somehow survive long enough to get your knee fixed, and then you get your knee fixed. You know, it just felt like there was so many hurdles along the way, but that was his dream. Every time I talked to my brother, he would tell me his dream. Every time I talked to him, we're gonna get a camper, and he'd tell me, there's a certain trail, too, that we wanna hike in Wyoming. I'm like, you gonna hike somewhere? <laughs> really? I talked to my brother this Friday, two days ago. Three years ago, he had a, 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 a liver transplant. And you know, we almost lost him, he went to the hospital. They basically said, hey, you know, they, they told him at the hospital, like, you're not going home. You're either gonna get a transplant or you're gonna pass. But this is the last stop. And by the grace of God and the prayers of our church family, I shared that with all you guys, we prayed for him. He was able to get a liver transplant. And then eventually, and it's not easy, those of you that have friends, relatives, or you've been through a transplant, you know, the list of medications you have to take after that is a mile long. It's still hard. There's still challenges, but he was always optimistic, still dreaming about the future. Then he was able, despite all the odds, to go in and get his knee surgery done. So three years later, I talked to him on Friday. He says, Judd, we just bought a camper. I kid you not. And he says, in two weeks, we're going to Wyoming for the next two months, and I'm gonna see those grandkids. I was so emotional, because it seemed so impossible. But when I hung the phone up, I was just reminded, look, you gotta keep looking forward, because if you keep, it was the dream that he made concrete, that was tangible, that he prayed about, that he kept in front of him, that helped him keep moving forward against impossible odds.
What's your dream for this season in your life? What's your dream for this time period in your life? What are you thinking about? Number your days. Realize they're, they're precious and they're limited so that you make the most of your days. And then in everything you do, delight in God. Just delight in him every day because that will help you. Listen, we can dream about the future because we have a God who has been faithful to us in the past. And that gives us the confidence to move forward. Psalm 90, beginning of verse 15. This is so good. The psalmist goes on. He says to God, he says, give us gladness in what? Proportion. You see that? In proportion to our former misery. He's like, God, balance, balance it out. Take the former misery. Take the pain. He says, replace the evil years with good. Oh, this is, this is good. This is good, and this is powerful for us in our lives. God, take the pain that we've been through. Take the struggle that we've been through. How many of you have known some misery? How many of you have known some disappointment, right? How many of you have known some pain? It's been hard. Look, so some of you, you can't even count the tears that you've cried. You can't even put into words all that you've been through, even in this season. Yeah, you don't even want to think about this past year and all that you've lost. But here's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, God, take all that pain and all that hardship and all that difficulty and weave it all together and bless me in proportion to that with gladness. He's saying, God, give me a comeback. And I believe that God can give us a comeback. May he give you joy in proportion to your deepest disappointment. May he give you friendships in proportion to your loneliest season. May he give you, think about it, laughter in proportion to your toughest tears. May he give you opportunities in proportion to the biggest limits you've faced. May he give you um, uh, influence in proportion to their feelings that you've had of invisibility. Look, may he replace the evil years with good. He can bring it all back and then some. He can replace addiction with self-control. He can replace the chaos with peace. He can replace the oppression with advancement. He can replace dysfunction with order. He he can replace all the evil years with good. Look, some of you right now, you say, I had it so bad. It was so bad. But if you follow God and delight in him with all your heart, he can take that so bad and turn it into so good in his time and his strength and his power. This delight in him. Delight in him. You know, this week I was getting a haircut and I'm sitting there waiting and I have my headphones in, I have my phone out, you know, just killing time, public place, people are around and, and I'm scrolling through and on my feed is, uh, is, a, is a, a pastor, communicator. And so I click on the feed and I'm, I'm listening to this guy, he's talking about Psalm 23 and he says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's an amazing part of, of Psalm 23. And he just starts to recount all the ways goodness and mercy have followed him all the ways of his life. And I'm sitting there around other people and I'm just having a moment. I don't know if you've ever kind of been, I got tears in my eyes. I'm thinking about God's goodness to me. I'm fighting really hard to not just stand up and do this. 
but I want to freak anybody out. Oh my God, you've been so good to me. I'm so unworthy. Your love has been so good to me. I'm just, you know, I'm waiting to get a haircut, y'all, but I'm having a moment. And I just, when I think about it, God has been so good to me through my addiction in my life. His goodness and mercy followed me. When I was a mess, his goodness and mercy followed me. When I was 22 years old and I sat on the steps of one of the first, second churches that I pastored and everything had blown up and gone crazy and I wanted to quit and I wanted to give up and I was just done. And I tried to quit at that point, you know, like I was only 22, but I was done. Look. His goodness and his mercy, they follow me. Well, when I lost my mom, when I lost my dad, when I've lost loved ones, his goodness and his mercy still followed me. When I tried to go my own way and do my own thing, his goodness and mercy still followed me. And his goodness and mercy follow you as well. Think about it. Some of you, you face loss, you face layoffs, you face needs, you faced addiction, you've been through abuse, you face rejection. Some of you've been so low it's been so hard you face so many difficult nights that you've just wanted to end it all but his goodness and his mercy have followed you his goodness and his mercy did not let you go he's a good God and his goodness and mercy follow us in our lives followed you when you went your own way. It followed you when you rebelled. It followed you when you said things that were horrible that you regretted. His goodness and mercy has followed you this past year through COVID, through the shutdown, through the difficult season, through the unknowns, through the losses, through the pain, through the struggle. His goodness and mercy have followed you. And because of that, you can have confidence to dream again. Because a God who has been good to you and merciful to you through all of this is surely a God whose goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. If his goodness and mercy has followed me to here, his goodness and mercy can lead me there. I can dream again because I have a God who is good and filled with mercy and he will walk with me in my life. Our confidence is not in ourselves, it's in God. Our confidence is not in, you know, whatever, science, the vaccine, the economy, politics. Our confidence is in God and who he is. His goodness and mercy has seen me through. And his goodness and mercy will see me through into the future. Psalmist in Psalm 90 verse 17 says this. He says, may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. You know, it's okay for you to pray and ask God to make your, your efforts successful, your business successful, your relationship successful, your family successful. It's okay to say, God, make our efforts successful. May, may it have your approval and make it successful in our lives. So I want to encourage you, if you've been in the bunker, if you've been underground for a while, and it's time to dream again, 
It's time to move out of survival mode and move into comeback mode. Number your days so you don't waste your days. And begin to think about the future and all God could do through you. Start to pray, God, I believe you're doing new things. Help me see it. Give me the eyes to see it so I can join you in what you're doing. Friends, today I'd like to end our service a little different. I'd love to just pray a blessing over you. I believe God's goodness and mercy not only has followed you, but can lead the way going into the future. I pray for you every day. Every day. I pray for our church family. I pray for you. I ask God to protect you and move in your life, work in your life. But I want to pray for you publicly right now. And so I want to ask everybody to just bow their heads, close your eyes. If you just want to do something to, to kind of receive this prayer in your life, you can just open your palm, just open your hand where you're sitting just to say, God, I just, I receive this in my life. But God, I pray right now for our central family, for all those sitting here with open hearts and open hands. I pray that you will go before them and behind them. I pray that you will be beside them, work in them and through them, God. I pray you will bless them with love and joy and peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Bless them with all the things that money can't buy. Bless them with all the things that we really want in all the other things that we do. Fill their lives with your goodness and your mercy every single day. And God, I pray you'd bless them in their lives with what they need to take care of their families. Bless their businesses. Bless their, their ventures. Bless their careers. God, provide for them so that money is no longer a concern, so that finances are no longer such a worry, so that they can release that to you and walk in the freedom that comes from that. Bless them so that they have plenty to take care of their own and to bless others who are struggling as well. Bless them so that they can be great stewards of all that you give them in their life. God, I pray you move in their life financially. God, I pray for their kids, either kids they've had or kids that they'll have one day. God, I pray you will bless those kids. Protect them and raise them up to be kids dedicated to you and sold out to you. Work in them and through them, God. Show those kids your unfair advantage and bless them in their lives. God, bless their marriages, their families, not only their kids, but their grandkids and their grandkids' kids. God, bless future generations and their life because of who you are. Father, I pray as we move into this new season that you will bless them with opportunities, opportunities all around them that they'll discover as they follow you and go after you and trust you in their lives. We thank you. We praise you. You're the God of goodness and mercy. You've been so good to us. And God, we hang on to you as we go forward into the future. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.